You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid conversations with the healthcare industry's top physicians, executives, and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment. I am one of your hosts, Cameron Steinheimer, and I am the marketing manager here at Pacific Companies. Welcome to a new episode of the Doc Lounge Podcast by Pacific Companies. Today, we'll be highlighting a healthcare industry expert in our Ask the Expert series. I'm your host, Stacey Doyle, Senior Director of Marketing. Together, we're going to be diving into how physicians can increase their brand presence through the most up-to-date marketing strategies and thereby grow their practices. We will also be discussing how hospitals and health systems can prevent burnout with their staff and bring back the joy and human elements into medicine. Joining us today is the accomplished Mike Seifer, CEO of Haley Sue and the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. Mike leads health consultancies focused on brand and organizational transformation. Haley Sue is a digital performance marketing firm for health and wellness brands, while the Institute for Healthcare Excellence focuses on creating performance driven cultures with enhancing well being, greater stability, and new capacities for growth. Welcome, Mike. I will let you introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, I'm always flattered when somebody refers to me as an expert. You know, there's a bit of an imposter syndrome, but I'm a marketer at heart, so, you know, I'll roll with it and and gladly take it. So thanks for the very warm intro. Um, Yeah, uh, Haley Sue is a, it's a digital marketing firm that is about a 40-year-old firm. And um, the... uh, We've been specializing in healthcare since about 2007 and working with health brands from across the country. So uh, over the last decade or so, we've really been focused on digital health and digital transformation uh, to be aligned with the way that the world is working. And so there's a lot of implication in that um, for for the way that physicians and uh, health systems market themselves today, the implication for individual physician practices and, and the world has changed so much, uh, especially over the last five years. So um, that's one side of my world. And then the other is a, a company that I acquired last year called the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. It's been around for six or seven years, uh, founded by Dr. Bill Maples, um, a Mayo oncologist, who uh, really saw a need um, beginning in about 2015 uh, to, to really tr- transform what was happening to physici- physicians, nurses, and other caregivers within health systems regarding burnout. And even back, you know, going back that far, even before the pandemic, you could see these trends of burnout scores uh, increasing and really recognizing what was causing some of that uh, and the implication for burnout, uh, implication on patient safety, implications on uh, physician, nurse, and other caregiver, just well-being and their capacity to really provide great care. So um, that kind of, uh, they were a client of ours for a number of years and then um, just had the opportunity to sort of add that to, to our uh, collective expertise. That's amazing. That's so awesome. I mean, I know that that is such, you know, um, a subject matter that so many health systems and hospitals are, you know, tackling. So we're really excited to get your, you know, perspective on that, and obviously, all the expertise from from that institute um, that you've, you know, learned and, and acquired. So, 
Um, I'd love to kick off for, you know, any of our physicians that are, you know, listening in our audience, just about, you know, digital branding. Obviously, you're an expert here um, and just kind of giving them some insights and tools as they, you know, want to grow their practice and their brand presence. So I guess I'll just kind of start out. You've been in the industry for a while. How is how have things really changed um, in, you know, obviously we've been in the digital age for a while, but with all of the new kind of entries from a social media platform standpoint? Yeah, a great question. Uh, because that idea of the the both the personal brand, the business brand, uh, and whether or not you're part of a bigger uh, clinical group, uh, I think the most important thing today is that brand performance really means engagement. It's not enough just to drive impressions, to sort of be out there. Um, I think you've got to be, you really have to be seeing and measuring quantifiable improvements uh, in engagement, meaning more people coming to your platforms. And for individual physician practices, that could be uh, your Google page, your Google business page. It could be um, Yelp reviews, um, uh, any other sort of qualified uh, medical ranking, health grades, that type of thing. So really paying attention to that. So uh, a baseline is to make sure that you are aware of all the places that you're present. And that could include Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, but but really that Google business page and the reviews that are there are the, the core basis for for your your business's digital presence. Yeah, I think the Google My Business is a great a great tip for everybody to make sure that that you know is activated and obviously um, up to date with the most you know um, current information. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about health grades um, and kind of how that impacts overall presence and, and traffic for physicians. Yeah, really uh, to make sure that that's the core of it. But when you think about brand uh, performance, that is really about engagement. So we used to measure brand by like impressions and then maybe passively through some research mechanisms where you would see preference increase sort of year over year. But today, you can get real-time feedback uh, in terms of any communication that you have, any posting, any sharing. Like, is it eliciting shares, likes, positive responses? So not just, you know, uh, getting in front of people, but having them plug into your content. And there's a lot of things, if, if you're struggling with that, there's a lot of things you can do. But really, I would say that my best tip is to, to think about your patient first and what is important in their lives versus like sharing the latest update. Love that. Now, in terms of health grades, I was curious there if you had any feedback for our physicians, if there's something they should be, you know, kind of watching with, with that platform. Yeah, it's it's a fairly deep platform. So several years ago, I, I served as a, a SVP of marketing for a New Jersey-based health system about four years and we worked on a reputation management um, uh, system. And so health grades, the, that monitoring of that was a big part of that. And so it, it's fairly labor intensive to sort of just keep monitoring. So if you've gotten the system, you definitely want to stay on top of things. And if there's communication or uh, a review that is not up to snuff, make sure that you are responding uh, in the appropriate way. And sometimes the appro appropriate way isn't like responding online. 
Sometimes it is that personal outreach to a patient that may not have had the best experience, uh, who then may come back and reshare their experience. So we all get trapped, and I'm sure we've seen others that may repost or reply to something online. And sometimes you just get in a feeding frenzy with somebody that's dissatisfied. So just being uh, cautious of that. But overall, with health grades, it's worth having much like your Google business page, making sure that your information is up to snuff, uh, up to date, and then at least having somebody that is checking that on a you know weekly basis. That's great. That's great advice. Um, I love that. So w- what are some other ways that you've recommended, and obviously through your experience, um, for physi- physicians to really have a strong presence online? Um, you talked about Google. You talked about you know, obviously the health grades, um, social media platforms, is that important? And, and, and how should they be using that? So my, my best advice is always just be human. Um, you know, typically physicians, nurses, other caregivers have great human qualities. I mean, generally that's why they got into the profession. And so, um, just be human. And so I think too often we get in this routine of, well, I've got to share a picture of our group out at an event, or we're supporting this important event, or here's the nurse's day photo from the nurse's station, or me, you know, with my arm around a patient. And like, those things are fine, but you're not going to really be driving uh, anything. So any new brand engagement. So I would say be human and put value into the world. Uh, They are bona fide experts They've got a lot to share that, you know, there are some businesses where when you share more of your expertise, uh, you sort of dilute your value. I don't think that's true of physicians. So when you are uh, approaching it in a real kind of human conversational way and you can impart some amazing insight, you're just upping your credibility. Uh, And so I would say the first and foremost, that's the most important thing to do is focus on that human connection. We do a lot of work with regard to uh, patient personas, patient journeys, and I, I believe that they understand where people are. You know, why does somebody who needs knee replacements or uh, another kind of orthopedic uh, procedure, what's that consideration set that they're going through? I mean, are they just aware of my practice? Uh, once they're aware of my practice, what do they need to know from me? And so uh, if we can impart that kind of insight uh, that people can access throughout their journey, then you're likely to create a lot more brand engagement and frankly, business. That's great. That's great advice. Um, and I, you know, going through, you know, your website and just seeing some of the case studies that you, you know, and your team have produced was really, really, you know, enlightening. And I think I hope a lot of our physicians check that out. Um, one of the ones that I thought was really interesting, and, and maybe you can speak to a little bit, is of the power of, you know, a, a CRM or basically, you know, if you have customers in your database, past patients is really what they are, not customers. But um, how do you utilize that? I saw there was one example about how you really increase primary care visitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like, that's free money, kind of. I mean, You've got a CRM. It's a tool that is very low cost in terms of redistributing the message. It goes right uh, into uh, people's inboxes. Now, 
generationally, not everybody's using email the same way, but I mean, CRMs will allow you to text uh, a lot of different mechanisms for that outreach, but you already have people, your challenge is not trying to uh, make people aware of your practice. They're already aware of your practice. So that, that process of deepening their appreciation for whatever element of your practice that you think is important. And it could, it could be the compassionate care. It could be some new technology advances, whatever that is. Like your CRM is uh, your home base for, for sharing that. And it's the, once you've paid for it, it's the lowest cost, uh, cost per acquisition out there. So uh, you get right into their inboxes. And I would suggest you find what is a reasonable pace for that outreach. Um, you can get, you know, you, you, you can communicate a couple of times a month. Uh, if you're just sending out sort of rote newsletters and standard updates, I wouldn't expect a lot of engagement, but I think if you're always answering the question, are you bringing more value? Are you putting more value out to your patients? Uh, giving them something that's going to improve their health and well-being, then, then I think that's where you'll see the return. Uh, in more advanced cases, if you've got a team that can sort of measure uh, when somebody in score, like do a lead score, when somebody is becoming more active, then you can automate the, the responses and create more of a, uh, uh, a clear and fluid communication cycle with somebody up to the point of actually doing physical outreach. Love that. And, and I'm assuming that will also help in terms of, you know, when reminders and scheduling of, you know, hey, you're in, you're, it's your turn, you know, turn to come back um, for your annual, you know, physical, whatever it may be. For sure. For sure. That or uh, we were just having a conversation. Uh, uh, we've got a client that is, uh, has some new uh, heart screening technology. And we were ta talking about internally, like, is that worth marketing? And my response was yes. Um, like that kind of stuff is, this is a crappy way to say it, but it's like low hanging fruit, right? I mean, people that it's a low cost way for somebody to get a health check when you are doing health screenings and it could be colorectal, it could be uh, mammograms, it could be heart screenings. Um, you know, you're giving people an easy way to access their, uh, the status of their health. And oftentimes I think, in, in contemporary American culture, we're not the healthiest people. So there's a fairly good average that there's going to, amongst the people that come get that screening, there's going to be some follow-up. Um, for all of our clients throughout probably the last 10 to 15 years that have actually marketed screenings, it's not the, the most sexy thing ever by any means, but I've never worked with a client that didn't get a, that didn't get a positive ROI on screenings. Love that. That's a that's a great tip for for everybody out there, um, and can really help improve the overall health of their patients as well, which is, you know, obviously the the mission. So, yeah, I mean, the thing about all the early detection and and frankly life saving uh, instances that have happened because of proactive screenings. Yeah, I know it's and and I I like your idea too around the tip you know, tips and tricks, or even, you know, I, like I was getting a lot of updates from one of my physicians with COVID and post COVID about what to do. Like those type of things are actually really interesting. And then it really does give you trust in, in, in your provider of like, this is somebody who's looking out for me, who's providing the best guidance and advice on things, which is, which is amazing. Early in COVID, 
we did a bunch of research studies just to take the temperature of how patients were feeling. And prior to COVID, I don't know the patients, I can't remember the exact statistics, but prior to COVID, people didn't want to hear from their physicians or health systems quite as frequently. During COVID, and especially in the first six to eight months, uh, people indicated in our research studies that they wanted to hear at least weekly from their physician or health system. And so uh, now a lot of that had to do with uh, a lack of understanding or anxiety around COVID or the fears, um, getting new information about vaccinations when they started to come out in 2020. But um, that that level of interest and intent in getting communicated to from their physician ha- has stayed at a higher level than pre-pandemic. Makes sense. Yeah, it's everything is, is new in that post, post-COVID world. And I think that kind of you know, really puts us nice into the next um, topic area here about, you know, really what we've been hearing about is burnout in our health systems and 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 from physicians. Obviously, you know, this has been going on for a while, but really COVID, you know, exasper- exasperated the problem. So what what are you, you know, what are some of the things that your institute, you know, has learned or is really providing in terms of um, insights and guidance to help with this? Yeah, and so it's a great question, and you know you're hitting on probably, not even probably the biggest crisis in healthcare today is that the systems themselves are not set up to really care for the caregivers. Um, with physicians having productivity requirements, uh, all the pressures through COVID, uh, having to, I mean the way that the the way that they had to work, physicians, nurses, and all sorts of caregivers like the way that they had to give the work, the restrictions, the long hours, like just the toughest possible circumstances. And just when you think you're catching your breath, well, you know, health systems across America and practices across America had probably their least profitable year in 2022. So now the, the heat is getting turned up on revenues, which means productivity, which means seeing more patients. And at a time where they are as a whole probably the least capable of provide of giving more. So that's a long-winded way of saying that uh, at the Institute, like we believe right now is the time to invest back in physicians, nurses, uh, in education that helps them develop skills that lets them be more mindful, present, uh, have active listening skills, better communication with their colleagues. And so some of that seems sort of basic, but it doesn't happen very often. So they may have learned some of these skills in med school. They have, may have got a sort of systematic refresher, or it may have been an organizational priority a couple of years ago, but there generally aren't real ways to, uh, mechanisms for them to adopt it and make it part of their daily behavior. So what we teach is ways to, or those communication skills that allow you to really be in the moment with somebody, your colleague, uh, or a patient. And in doing so, what you get back is the love from that person. So uh, think about the last physician uh, appointment you had. And if we use the sort of typical example, like that person had, your doctor had sort of one eye on the computer, one eye on you, they're having that conversation. Generally, what happens is that uh, they get to a diagnosis fairly quickly. Like, okay, either let's monitor this for the next two weeks, see you, you know, we'll check back in antibiotics, some real initial uh, course of treatment, 
but we don't have a deeper conversation about what those underlying uh, conditions are, what else may be causing it. And when we have those conversations, uh, you or I or your listeners as patients, we feel we feel hurt. We feel like we've moved past being a number. And when we feel that, like we share that back with the person sitting across from us. So that physician or nurse gets that positive reinforcement back. And when they are having equally present and mindful conversations or interactions with their colleagues, that that also exists. So the outcome of all that is better patient experience, better colleague engagement scores overall, personal satisfaction, uh, safety scores go up because you're really getting to the heart of somebody's condition or treatment. Um, we see readmissions go down because uh, you know people are are getting. You're having a real conversation. You're getting to the core of what you're experiencing, and so all that creates a much higher level of satisfaction that. When teams are operating in this way, they have much better capacity for growth, uh, for performance uh, that has positive ROI on the organization and a real uh, life ROI for those physicians and nurses that are experiencing that because they're getting real-time feedback uh, on, on, on what they do every day. I love that. I mean, I think the humanization is is such a big part of it um but it and, it and i've never really heard it explained that way which i think is so amazing about what it can help you know on the the physician side of things um where it becomes really more of a fulfilling you know kind of experience of what they're doing and can lead to less of the burnout because like you're saying they do have all these objectives in terms of numbers that they got to hit for revenue and how many people they have to see um, I know that a lot of times, you know, the EMR can help with that kind of, you know, making things a little bit more efficient. Yeah, I think I think when you read uh, articles today, you know, it's it's having to input uh, patient data into the EMR. It's having to uh, code it, it, those types of things that are really that are getting them away from patient care, right? And so it's the it's those systems or those routines that actually. Uh, isolate them from the human interaction, th that's really a big cause of burnout. And I don't know that there's a great answer for that in, in today's health system, but when, when provider groups, when individual physicians or health systems get their heads around, growth comes through creating capacity for growth, which means that we need to have people, not just, you know, this big amorphous system, that's turning out numbers and RVUs. Like when we have people that are really capable of providing high level care, having real interactions with their patients and colleagues, if we can really return to being a high performance, a high, highest quality, highest safety uh, organization. And Woody, I, I, I would love to hear if you have any advice for, you know, newer physicians that are, you know, just starting, you know, their career, um, just kind of things that you've heard or, or anything that your institute is helping um, anybody that's, you know, newly entering into medicine. Yeah, I I, I don't have a lot of that because, um, one, I'm not a physician, but, you know, all the faculty at the Institute are uh, very experienced physicians, nurses, chief medical and nursing officers, patient experience officers. But what what we do talk about internally is that that notion that 
again, you're, you're coming out of med school um, and uh, you've done your residency. And so you probably had some of those skills two, three, four years ago. Uh, it was part of your curriculum. Uh, and so much other focus is, again, on the technological uh, aspects of your job or the clinical aspects of your job. But at, at the core are these real human interactions that help us. And when, we're, when we are proficient in them, we really can understand what the person across from us is experiencing. And so, you know, when we are better at that, that person uh, is coming back fewer times, isn't, you know, doesn't need second opinions, isn't coming back because the first course of treatment didn't work because it was a sort of cursory uh, look at what I was experiencing. And it was cursory because I've got productivity requirements. So, you know, when we are really, when we talk about humanizing medicine, like it's that, that human skill that's really at the core of improvement. And last thing there, I mean, do you think there's anything that leadership can do, you know, at these organizations to really help create, you know, the more positive work environment, you know, for any, any of their staff? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously there, there's a incredibly self-serving answer, uh, with regard to the health, uh, Institute for healthcare excellence, but philosophically, again, I think understanding that it is a system and it's a, it's a business. First of all, it's a system, um, for providing care and it's very complex. Um, and so many factors, including billing, uh, including the complexities of care, uh, now more than ever human resources management, but uh, all those things, all, all, all the upsides of those things are improved when your talent, when the people providing the care feel more valued, uh, and not just monetarily. Like, I, I think when you listen to people talk about moving out of healthcare today or leaving their job for one place or another, like, they're leaving and they're getting, you know, $30,000, $40,000 bonuses to go be nurses, you know, somewhere else, right? And heck, you know, who wouldn't want to leave a sort of underperforming culture and try to go somewhere else? And so the money comes up first a lot. And, and some of that value is, well, just pay me more and I'll feel more satisfaction. But if I'm leadership, I'm really thinking about what are we doing to, to nurture uh, our talent and optimize their ability to be great. So those cultures, those uh, groups we've worked with, they see better retention uh, when their teams are optimized and humanized. Uh, people leave less. It's also a great recruiting tool. So cultures that are high performing uh, are cultures that people want to go to. So it's much easier to recruit. And when you think about the cost of recruitment, as you well know, uh, you know, what, what's the cost of recruiting the average cost of recruiting a new physician and plus their training, it's typically in the, in the millions, right. Uh, from, uh, uh, the re revenue loss, the, the gap in revenue gain, uh, the cost of bringing somebody in and training them. So, um, if you think of the cost offset of, of really investing in your people, I mean, the ROI on that versus recruitment is astronomical. 
That is very, very true. I think that is such a, you know, we hear that obviously with, with what we're doing, obviously, as a, na- a nationwide um, physician recruitment firm and and kind of the keys also there in terms of retention. So it really is like you're saying, it, it's so important once you do recruit someone that that retention is able to be, you know, retained because if not, it's it's going back into that that cost cycle that you just you just mentioned. Yeah, I could imagine that you hear the stories all the time of uh, maybe people that you're trying to recruit that don't want to leave their culture uh, or don't want to leave their wherever they are because they're enjoying it. I mean, unfortunately, th- those stories don't make the the headlines very often, uh, and the industry headlines are really much more filled with burnout, the the percentages of physicians and nurses that are expected to leave the industry in the next three years. Those types of things are what what sparks readership, but. When I'm sure, like you, you're having these one-on-one conversations. You're you are hearing stories of joy and humanity, and and I think the common thread underneath that is that those those people that are experiencing that joy in their jobs have the capacities to to really, again, be present and mindful for those moments to experience that. Exactly, they have that. They're able to have that connection, that human, you know, interaction with their patients because they're in a health system that really values them and, and is putting, you know, kind of their well-being um, first. So I'd love to learn just as we conclude this a bit about how, you know, your agency can help with with what we, you know, kind of on both sides of the of our discussion today. Yeah. Thanks for a- asking that and for allowing me to share a little bit more. So with Haley Sue, um, we are really pushing the envelope on the human-centered uh, processes. Again, and, and human-centeredness is a, is a throughput on both uh, of the firms because in an era where things like AI systems and uh, technology sort of rise to the top, uh, for Haley Sue, there's always a person on the other end of the screen. So understanding what they're going through in their life and thinking about designing ways to to engage them along their journey is important. And for the Institute for Healthcare Excellence, again, it is really about connecting one-on-one as humans and having the skills to do that. So uh, more than just the time. So, you know, some of the conversation has been around, well, if I had 15 minutes to see a patient versus seven or eight minutes, uh, I could do that more. But but you can't do, it, that, that doesn't mean anything if you don't have the real skills to do that. So, um, that sort of human-centered design, uh, it gets applied to both the communication styles and then the the, the team uh, interaction. So we can come in and look at a challenge that may be occurring and leverage human-centered systems to uh, collaborate on on the best solutions and then applying those skills more broadly. So that's that's sort of the throughput on both companies. Love it. Well, thank you, Mike. I, I've learned so much just from talking to you oh, and I hope, you. you know, our whole audience has um, both on the physician and the health system side as well. So thank you so much for being a guest today. And we're, thanks, Stacey. Yeah. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah. Great to be on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you would like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And a big thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you'd like to be a guest, please go to www.pacificcompanies.com. Thank you.